Welcome to episode 49 of Kneel Before Odd. I'm Audrey Kearns, your host, and thanks for listening wherever and whenever you are. My guest today is Marin Dungy, and let me tell you, she is one of the busiest actors out there. You recently saw her as Detective Quinlan in HBO's huge hit, Big Little Lies. Genre fans have loved Marin back when she played Francie in J.J. Abrams' Alias, and most recently in her turn as Ursula in Once Upon a Time. But she's also starred in a bunch of shows like King of Queens, Malcolm in the Middle, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and Conviction, just to name a few. And I do mean just a few. In the interview you're about to listen to, we talk about Marin's childhood obsession with television, which really hasn't gone away. We talk about her being the youngest recipient of the American Theater Award while she was attending UCLA, how she got her first big break, and her love of comedy, and of course, some great onset stories from Once Upon a Time. This is really a wonderful conversation about life and acting with one of the nicest persons I've ever met, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Now, don't forget to check out geekgirlauthority.com for all your pop and geek culture news. You can listen to my other podcasts, Booze and Phasers and Five Truths and a Lie. You can find those on geekgirlauthority.com, iTunes, or Blog Talk Radio. Also, head on over to iTunes to give Neil Before Odd a rating and review if you are so inclined. I'd be ever so grateful for your support of this podcast. All right, for now, enjoy your walk, your workout, your commute, your cleaning as you listen to episode 49 of Neil Before Odd with actor Marin Dungey. Internet, heed this call. Open your minds and ears and prepare yourselves to kneel before Odd. Hey, welcome to episode 49 of Kneel Before Odd. I'm your host, Audrey Kearns, and this is a show where I interview geek patriots. And for episode 49, I have one of the hardest working actors out there, Miss Marin Dungey. Marin played Francie and Allison in 47 episodes of the J.J. Abrams hit Alias. She's also had significant roles in Malcolm in the Middle, Summerland, The King of Queens, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Last Year's Conviction. She played Ursula in the hit fantasy television show Once Upon a Time. And you may have caught her in Alan Tudyk's Conman, the series, but I am not done yet. (laughs) Right now, you can see her as Detective Quinlan on HBO's Big Little Lies. And she's been cast in the CBS comedy pilot Brothered Up. And she's also in the film Chips, which is out in theaters right now. Thanks for joining me, Marin. I, I know. I was like, well, how did I have time? Like, I, don't I know. What's but that's only like 10% of, of your resume. That's you, crazy. congratulations Thank you. Thank on, you. on your career. And I know it's only going to get better. I, oh, I think your it's. Lips, that's your, thank uh, you. Yep, yep. Thank you. Anyway, thanks for coming over to my house oh on my this God. very hot Los Angeles day. Yeah, well, you know, we're lucky. Yeah. Weather. I, well, here's a fun fact. Um, when I was doing my research, you know, I was like, I got to look up some stuff on Marin. Um, I found out that you are exactly two days older than my husband, Brian. And wait, wait, my husband, Brian's two days older than you and you're six days older than me. We're all same year, same week. Crazy Leo magic. Yes. Crazy Leo. That's craziness. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. We're all born the same week, the same year. I think. I don't think the three of us should get together because with the magic we could, the coven (laughs) that we could- Oh my God! Maybe we could take down we, the administration. Just the three of us together. Maybe we should get together. Maybe we should get. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's. Why are we not doing this on a full moon? Like, I know. What's come happening? on. We should reach out to everyone born between August fourth and tenth. Yes. And we'll meet we won't up. give the year. We won't count and say I'm not going to go as far as giving the year, but we'll just start with the fourth and the tenth. That and sounds good. I love it. That's fantastic. Another fun fact: when I was doing my research, is 
um, I was starting at the beginning of your career, and I saw that you had like a tiny, tiny part as security guard number two on Babylon 5. I sure did. And that gave me such joy. Ah, do you know that somebody came to a con with uh, an eight by ten of me, like they like screenshot of me. I'm not from surprised. It's crazy. I'm not surprised. I mean, that's such such a cult hit for my kind. You I know, know, for us nerds, you know, Babylon Five is great. And um, you know, when I moved to Los Angeles, my first thing I booked was a, an episode on Angel as as young woman, right? Right. And the uh, same thing happened to me. Like, if you blink, you'll miss me. And my stuff like ended up on the cutting room floor. You can still hear my voice, and you can see my face, and everything. And I got this email from a guy saying um, he wanted my headshot and autograph and blah, 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 blah. And I knew that he was just going through like the fan wiki forever because he's like, I just remember you and your presence was amazing and blah, blah. It was like, no, because he didn't really see me. Yeah. You're like, ah. Yeah. I don't even know that I saw that episode. Yeah. All I remember is I had like a weird like hand thing that they put on my hand. Uh Uh-huh. Like some sort of like, you know, I, I don't even like... Like a terminal kind of thing? Yeah, or? maybe some sort of like prosthetic hand thing. Uh-huh. Like a, yeah, I don't even know. And then I got a, like an eye infection from the mascara. <gasps> oh, like That's no. when I learned that I cannot wear the pink and green great lash that every makeup artist has on set. Because you're like, sensitive. Your eyes are sensitive, sensitive to that. Yeah. But at that time in your career, that early in your career, you must have been so excited that you got that. Oh, well, I, yeah. I'm also like, you know... We loved the original Star Trek. Like my sister yeah. and I were, you know, we oh, really cool. were into that. So yeah. I do harbor. I, I miss Next Gen. Like that was not my jam, but like I definitely loved. And then we have like names for like certain, like there was like that one creature we call him the Oogie Boogie Monster. And he was the one who like had the children, uh-huh. you know, like yeah. that episode where he would be like normal. And then all of a sudden they'd be like, and Kirk's like, look at him, look at him. And he's like, Bleh. <laughs> uh, no, that, oh wait, no, that maybe the, the one with the suctions with the three I don't know what that's faces. called because my jam was oh. next gen. Okay, copy that. And I went back. I just saw your Star Trek yeah. 50, so I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I've seen most of the original okay. series, and right. Brian would know exactly what you're talking about, but I would I started kind of with next gen and became oh. crazy with every single okay. one. Okay. One after I that. But it. that pleases me as well that you liked like mm. Star Trek. No, I had I have to just say really quickly that I had an audition this this pilot season, and I just remember there was a line where they say the needs of the many outweigh the, the needs of the few. And I, and then I kept like parenthetically going, we're the one. Because it's like, <laughs> how do you not say that? The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. We're the um, one. Like I'm like, <laughs> I love it. I was it. like Vulcaning, like I was doing my Spock in the corner. You're like infinite diversity and infinite combinations. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, speaking of nerdy stuff, um, as I ask all my guests on this show, what is your nerd origin story? What are you geeky about? I think that the geekiest thing, I mean, look, there's many, many, many things about me that are geeky, but um, we, my sister and I are hardcore TV geeks from way back. Like my mom and used to have to buy us like each our own copy of like the TV guide, like the fall TV preview. And then we would like go, like we'd each get our own and then we'd go through it and cut out what we wanted to see and like circle It's almost things. like in your Christmas catalog and circling it your was. Christmas it catalog was for Santa. Yeah. Like yeah. thing and like yeah. uh, you know it just was a passion for us and we would audio tape because there wasn't VCRs um back in the day. <laughs> audio we just tape. did two things, you know, we're trying not, not to say the name 
of the name our birth year, and yeah. we just talked about TV Guide and now audio tapes. I know it's over. The jig <laughs> is up. All, the jig is up. <laughs> but yes, we would audio tape Charlie's Angels, like the original. Charlie's I love Angels. that. Me and my sister were addicts on Charlie's Angels too. Totally. And um, I was Chris, uh-huh. and my sister was Kelly, and then we'd get on our Schwins, uh-huh. and we acted out, and we'd play it over again. Like we'd play yeah. it over and over. Like we'd go to sleep listening to. It. I mean. That's fantastic. Crazy. I have every Remington Steel. <gasps> I loved Remington every, Steel. You know, I did a movie with Pierce and I told him that that we have every episode on VCR, like on tape. Wow. Like I think a little like please like, But he <laughs> did, would tell me like did fun he kind stories. of like his his eyebrow kind of went. It's like, oh, this might be a crazy one. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. It was it was pretty incredible. So yeah. Were we, you into all those uh detective shows in Oh the, my god, in absolutely. Ten Speed and Brown Shoe, which was like a, <gasps> you know, Ten Speed and Brown Shoe. Yes, no, I was living overseas, but Brian talks about that a lot. That was those are our call. Yeah. Those are our, like we had we had walkie talkies from Radio uh, Shack. Yeah, and Brian's be, always. This is Ten Speed calling Brown Shoe. Come in, Brown Shoe. Even if I like texted Channing right now, I'd be like, it's Ten Speed calling Brown Shoe. She'd be like, she'd text back, come in, Brown Shoe. Like it's <laughs> it is a thing. Like I love it. So yeah. you're you you were obsessed with television. Yeah, I have yeah. a I have a bear named Barney B. Jones. Uh-huh. Like I mean we. It's TV and detectives in particular. Like when Adam Scott and uh, John Hamm recreated the the theme to like Simon and Simon. Have you not seen them? I haven't seen theirs, but that was another one I watched with Simon and Simon. Oh my God. Well, if you watch Simon and Simon, you need to literally Google Adam Scott, Simon and Simon. I'm writing that down right now. You can text me later because they recreated shot for shot the opening number. Like, yeah, I remember that. And then um, I was in Canada like a few years ago, and Paul Edelstein and I were, he bet me like 20 bucks Canadian that I couldn't, like, this is after a night of like a couple of cocktails or whatever, uh-huh. that I couldn't sing the theme song to Heart to Heart, and I totally. <laughs> so we were listening, we we're on a road trip, and we were listening to radio. I'm dating our, myself now. We we're listening to radio. It wasn't satellite radio or anything like no, that. No, no, it it's just whatever like was on the radio. It was probably and, AM. Yeah, but it was a call in, and they're playing some quiz where they would just uh, play like the first chord. And I was getting them all right. I'd be like, Hunter, Riptide. I just, I knew them all. And my husband, Brian, was like, what the heck? And I was like, yeah, we watched all those shows. Oh, no, I have like yeah, 80s I, detective shows were the best. 80s detective shows were the best. Yeah. 80s television was the best. Yeah. And I have, you know, a, a CD of like all those theme right. songs. My sister and I, I remember we were going on a trip with our family years ago before we were like married and playing them and just like Wonder Woman and, How you know, Love Boat and Little House on the Prairie. I mean, I, House on the Prairie. Yeah. Please somebody bring back Name That Tune. Anything 80s, like I can give, right. I like seconds in a note. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love Crazy. to play that with you. That would oh be. My God. Did you watch ISIS? That was seventies. Almighty oh, ISIS. Totally oh ISIS. Oh my God, that was great. I and Space nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, I. That was another one because I was a military brat, so we were only getting certain shows. Like, sure. I moved to the states when I was ten, so like for like Brian constantly named shows, and I was like, I never, I never watched it. that. Missed I, I missed that one, and that's another one I missed. But there were some shows that would make it. Like wherever we were would have one channel, or the embassy would have copies of it, or God. something. Yeah, that's a, something that was like that, that um, Saturday afternoon jam with yeah. Space nineteen ninety nine and Zoom, and um, that was a PBS thing. Yeah, no, I mean TV forever. The fact that like my sister, like that when she went into TV because she used to be in film, uh-huh. that when she finally, got, I was like, thank God, like fu- yeah. you're finally doing this is where you should that be. which you should be doing because. Yes. 
you know, and the fact that like, so she's the president now of ABC. Yeah. Like, she's been working on that since she was like, you know, eight. Well, you've been working on your career since you're eight. Evidently, well, too. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, when I, you know, it's funny to get this sitcom now. It's literally my dream. Like uh-huh. I couldn't love sitcom more. I, I mean, and that was the thing. Cause as we got old, like, because there were some shows I love, like, you know, growing up in the 80s, the Tuesday Night Jam. It was Happy Days. It was Laverne and Shirley. It was yes. Space Company. Yes. Uh, it was Too Close for Comfort. Oh, God, I love Too Close for Comfort. Come on. Um, was that, is Ted Knight? Was that? Yeah, totally. Oh, God, it was so good. J.M.J. Bullock. Yeah, he um, was One Day at a Time. One Day at a Time. Well, that was Sunday. Yeah. Sundays that was Sundays? Okay. All in the Family, One Day at a Time. Um, uh, got Alice. Alice, Flo, Vera, and Alice, and Mel. Um. We Jefferson's. Went, we, Jefferson's Those were all great. Sunday nights. Sunday night CBS. Friday nights, It's a Living. Do you remember It's a Living? I do remember it with Ann Jillian. Oh my God, it was the greatest. They, it was like they were in a fancy hotel it's bar. It's a living. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, the okay. best. The best. <laughs> little, also little known Dungy fact. I When I moved after college, I went to UCLA. I lived in the apartment building that was the Laverne and Shirley when they moved to Hollywood. Bur- when they moved to Burbank? Yes. That's fantastic. Yes, yes. It's that, on Melrose. It's off of Melrose. Oh, that's fantastic. Isn't that crazy? I knew exactly what you were talking Show about. Oh, well, so you Show said you said Shamil Shamazel. Um, so yeah, so I'm super happy to be. In, I know some people are like indie film is my jam, or what? You know, like look, would I love to be a superhero? 100. percent But am I so happy to be doing a multi camera sitcom? Yes, that's yes. like to do a multi camera sitcom with James Burroughs. Are you kidding? That's you, amazing. I remember are you reading, reading uh, when they announced it that oh. James Burroughs was directing, and that's just, I mean. It's, the, it's literally my yeah. jam. Like, I was at a doctor's appointment, and I have asthma, as we were just talking about, and I need to um, uh, just get a checkup and everything, and I sure. need to find a new doctor and everything. So my doctor, he wrote down the name. He goes, oh, go see this guy. He's a really, really great pulmonary specialist. And, and I look at it, it's James Burroughs, and I was like, and all I can think of is, there's only one James Burroughs. Like there's got to be only there one. There can't be a doctor named James Burroughs because there's only That's one impossible. James That's impossible. That name is so rare. It's so crazy. <laughs> I know. Right. Exactly. So uh, you grew up in Sacramento, right? Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, so you love TV. Loved. Did you get into acting young? When I, okay. So I was in high school and there was a teen talk show called Scratch that they were auditioning for. And so I went and auditioned with like my you know, friend and was funny and but i didn't hear anything and uh i've got a call like because and the, the callbacks were like that friday or whatever and i didn't hear anything and then on thursday i got a call and they're like we've been trying to call you all week like we didn't even have an answer machine or whatever so they didn't leave a message <laughs> old now that i know like, like, like voicemail answer machine people using the phone they didn't text you there's no email yeah um so <laughs> i did get a call back and i got the part and um so it was a teen talk show I think like subsequently, like years later, like Lisa Ling did this. So there is some sort of validity to the thing. Um, <laughs> the same show? Yeah. In Sacramento. I think she's from Sacramento. Um, but I, so I did that and then got a, a PSA about drinking and driving. Uh-huh. And oddly enough, I ran into the guy that I, it's, it was like, do you remember the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Like the yeah. way that, so the PSA was like that, like, do 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 it had like this called I Rather Drive and it was a whole like music video of us uh-huh. like with like a paper steering wheel and it was all about like if you get caught drinking or driving when you're underage, like it, it become it's like way worse, whatever. Right. Um like your your punishment. Um so we made this like dumb music video. But the guy who is the fresh prince in the thing, he actually 
created that show Hand of God for Amazon. And like I went in for an audition for that like years later. And he was like, you don't remember me. And I was, and I was like, I'm from, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> so, um, uh, so I did that. And then right before I left for UCLA, cause I had planned on going into the film department, but you can't do that until you're a junior. So I just, oh, really? yeah, I applied to all of the UCs like under English and like got in because it's right. like, so so you went in there as English as your major. Yes. Right. And so then um hoping to change it as a junior. But right before I went to UCLA, I did one of those like John Robert Powers like meet an agent thing. I don't know. Like my friend uh-huh. was like, We should you should go do this. And I'm like, okay. And so I had watched I love this Whoopi Goldberg, her stand up, her um that one woman show one that she One woman show, yeah. Which if you've never seen That's it That's the one the one that she did on Broadway that basically that made the name for everything. Her. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's very good. So I watch. I'd been. Wa- I'd watch that, and so then one the night before the thing, I wrote down this one monologue that she does, and memorized it, and, and you know figured it. And it's this beautiful monologue. Beautiful monologue. It's super funny about her being a handicapped person, and then she you know has this dream where she unfolds. So I was able to like take some of it and condense it to like uh-huh. a, you know I didn't do the whole, the whole bit. So I went in and I did it the next day for these L.A. agents. Right. And. uh and it was, I was good. It was yeah. Really good. And they, they were like, well, how long have you been working on that? And I'm like, since last night. And she was like, <laughs> huge eyes. Like, yeah. So they like, were like, um, you must call us when you get down to LA. Um, which of course, like subsequently, like turned into nothing. But. Oh, it, so you weren't even at school yet? No, this is before I left. This is oh, like a month oh, before wow. I left. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, it was crazy. But then I ended up, of course, like on at Sproul, my dorm, on the floor, like the, with all, theater people like all the people next to me oh. and down the hall like everybody was like theater people oh, that's serendipitous theater. it was crazy yeah. well you know there are no there's there's no yeah. you know, mistakes so and then i kept auditioning for stuff and getting cast and uh-huh. i wasn't even a theater major and and then i got into their their acting awards as a freshman and no freshman had ever done that mm-hmm. and then i won as a sophomore i read that i read that you're the youngest person to ever receive that award yeah they changed the and rules and what what <laughs> after I did it? What was the award for a role that you did? Was no, it, like- it was so you audition with a thing. So I did the Whoopi Goldberg monologue for right. that. That's how I got in as a freshman. And um, I remember because Jack Black was at school with us at the time, and I remember he's like, "You are our great hope. You've got to win this." <laughs> um, and I didn't that year, but then I did another monologue to get in, and then they put you together with a partner and you do a scene. And so what we did the second. Um, I literally almost said the second season. That's how much I think in television. The second, <laughs> my, my second year, my sophomore year, um, we kind of rewrote that monologue with a Whoopi Goldberg thing with somebody else, and we did this kind of. It was kind of like a 1984 kind of like. It was sounds really collegey, <laughs> but it worked, and it was still really good. And Denzel Washington was the the host and the judge of the thing, and um, he gave me my award. Oh my! I can't imagine. So you're a sophomore. So you're ni- like 19 and yeah. 19 or 20, and you're getting an award from Denzel Washington. It was crazy. And um, uh, they was uh, your family there for the awards? Oh, they totally were. Okay, so they get to see your sister gets to see you, and your parents get to see you get an award from well, it was the Denzel kind of, Washington. And yeah, and he and so I'm standing up there because we won best scene, and then I won best actress, and uh, and he I was like I was just like I I I I want to thank, and he whispers in my ear, goes. I go, the Academy. Like, it was just like, oh, <laughs> did everyone laugh? Was oh, good totally. <laughs> I, but I don't, I mean, it was just, I just remember like everyone dogpiling on me after the curtain went yeah. down because it was crazy. But my sister was graduating like summa cum laude from graduating that, that year. And so I kind of, it was all happening at the same time. So like 
nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> you took her thunder. I totally took her thunder. But then you last year her. when she got made the first like black president of any network, she's like, Mary, and I, I had finally a series. Got, yeah, it's, it's, I like, got nobody. It was like you got fingered. conviction. Yeah, she, she got president of ABC. She's yeah. like, I got I was you like, back. You win. <laughs> okay, so you win. You got me back. We're even now. Totally. I guess we're, so. We're, we're totally so. even. Oh, that's a, that's what an amazing amazing story. So you end up, I guess, graduating with a BFA then. Yes, I did. I, I was like, can I consider this my audition to be in the theater department? Because I still wasn't a theater major yeah. at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So not did, only was I too super young, I was not even a theater major at the time. And you did you, so you never left LA then after that? No. I mean, yeah, it was one of those things where it didn't make sense at the time. Because at that time, all the TV and movies, most of them were here. Right. It, particularly right. television was here. Right. This is pre like Canada and, you know, Atlanta and all those right. places. and. A lot of the theater that was happening in New York, there was, I mean, it was like super musicals happening. And um, it just was, I just, I just thought, why am I going to go freeze and starve and be poor in New York? I just, right. that never sounded appealing. Even as right. much as I love the show fame, like I was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'd rather be warm and uh, poor. And you also got California. You're, you also I'm, got I'm a, from California. Yeah, so it's just yeah. Like, and so even Sacramento is a long way away from LA. It's, it's a lot closer than New York. You know, right? So I didn't have yeah. that thing of like I've got to, yeah, know, do my thing on Broadway. Like I, you know, I, I would subsequently at this point love to do that at some uh-huh. time. But I did for a second when I had my theater degree, but you know, just because of money and circumstance, I stayed in Orlando, which turned out to be great. Orlando is actually a really good town for actors, for stage actors. It's got a really thriving theater community, and with the theme parks there, you, I mean, it was union, it's all equity, so you can work, and then we'd all put our money into our shows at night, but at night, but when we decided to move, we're like, well, LA's, you know, New York was already out of my system. It's like, you know, Brian's going to write, I'm going to, you know, so yeah, we came, we, we, we came here now I read and I've done this before and it's very, very hard. So I was super, super excited that, um, uh, you wrote a one person show right soon after graduating college. Is that correct? Uh, yes, I was in an acting class and I, uh, had sort of an assignment to do um, like a personal, you know, they had a hard time always finding like what my casting was, you know, like, you know, we don't know where to put you. Yes. Yes. It was, it was always that thing of like, we're not sure. And so I started doing that. And so then that became this one woman show called black, like who, Mm -hmm. and it was all about growing up in Sacramento and um, you know, you know, just having this very, you know, like I'll say it in the seventies, I'll call it, um, you know, it was my parents moved to the suburbs because they wanted to give us what they didn't, that which they didn't have. So it's like a really incredible opportunity um, with better schools and uh, you know, but it's all really white, you know? And so there I am, at all these schools, you know, I'm like, it's a handful of like black kids and then like me and a bunch of white kids right. going to the Tom Petty concert, and, you know, like <laughs> hanging out, working on our chance at the river, you know? So just like I would do this stand up, I would do, I mean, I do this one woman show, like just sort of like, you know, like the struggle with that. And then uh, like identity. And when I came down to start acting, um, I mean, I, just, I had this whole bit that I did about audition for John Singleton and the character, it was for poetic justice and it was just this like 
you know, like a crack mom. Uh-huh. And I remember like waiting in the, and I'm in like the audition, like with my cute little like contempo casual outfit. And, and this girl comes in and she's like, you know, rightly so with a one flip flop and like dolphin shorts. And you know, right. she's, re- she's there in the yeah. character. Yeah. And, you know, I was still like getting the idea of like what it is to be a character and how you get into like being a character. Right. What, how do you audition? Right. You know, it's not like a regular job interview. Like unless you're going into like just meet an agent or something. Right. Right. You. And, I'm and they kind of want to see that part in you when you when they see you for the first time. 100%. They don't like, want to see you wear like spend... a nurse's uniform, but yeah. you need exactly. to like. Exactly. But if you're going in to play a nurse or a cop, you shouldn't come in in one flip flops and a yeah. and dolphin shorts. Yeah. But you're going to go play a crack addict. Don't do your hair. Don't have makeup. You know, it's just a whole, there's a right. process. And I was still <laughs> learning that. Right. And uh, uh, that being said, so John Singleton was just looking at me like, <laughs> oh, no. Did he say anything to you or is it just thank you? I just, no, I just think he just, he, I remember he had like, like his lunch there and he was like eating these fries and looking at me like, <laughs> you know, I just, it didn't, it didn't compute, you know, and so I. It's not like it's it's a little bit like the Hollywood shuffle thing of like not that I learn how to be black, but like it was more like I learned how to be an actor and how to be right get into a character. Did you, you know? find that there is a and and we'll get to the current today, two thousand seventeen, when you were first starting out, was that the only kind of characters you were being brought in for were for stereotypical what um, I don't know. No, I mean, no. but I soon quickly perfected the bff the black best friend right because that is when that world started really like we've got to be diverse this is how we'll be diverse and we'll have a black we'll be, best friend yes we'll have yeah. a gay best friend or we'll have a black best friend yeah. and um yeah because i remember my dad i remember when i was in fifth grade and we were doing where the drama guy came in of course i love mm-hmm. drama and i got to be the narrator in this little play that we were doing like some readers theater thing in class and the narrator had the most lines. So I was super excited about that. And he was super happy to have me do it because it was, I was good at it. Yeah. Um, now I'm 10, but like it was some sort of like weird storytelling of like Cinderella or whatever. And it was like the maid was the narrator. And so I came home because I'm all excited about this. But I tell my parents and I'm like, and I was the maid. Ah. And then my dad, like his, you know, like just, you know, he would. just, ugh, you know, and you know, goes into this whole speech about why I should never be an actor because they're only going to let me be these kinds of people oh, and I'm always going to, and it was just like this whole like. Were you crushing. able to comprehend it at that time or did you think he was a dad? You don't know what you're talking about. I just felt like I did something wrong. Oh, I that, felt like I was wrong. Right. I did something bad or like, then I hated dr- the drama, Mr. McFarland right. teacher right. because I felt Was like, your dad correct? Was, is that why they gave you the main no, part? No, because it was, I was the best at it. Yeah, I was going to say, was, it was it because- no, um, I'm hoping that Mr. McFarland was not a racist. Like, yeah, he's like, this is Erin Dungey's my most talented girl, so I'm going to give her right. This I part. think I think so. I yeah. mean, it was just like a one day thing. It was like we like did a show with it, yeah. but um, you know, but so your just, dad hearing it secondhand had 100 percent was yeah. just like you're gonna you know because that was the, at the time when like there's Starsky and Hutch and Huggy Bear and right you know right but like as I was like the other day I had to print out my resume from to do career day in my kids class and show them what a resume looks like <laughs> and I was saying that I've not only played a maid on City of Angels but I also played a prostitute on Caroline in the City and um it's just you know it's just like great I've sort of like overcome those things that like right that which I felt bad about it's like I don't need to feel bad about that it's just 
that's just another tool in the shed. And, right. and, you know, like I was saying about casting, that's not really my casting. Um, I, you know, have, uh, you know, I play a lot of cops and lawyers and, uh, you know, like I can, I can spit the words, you know, yeah. I can have, you know, that elocution of like being able to like say a lot of like wordy things right, and right. complicated, you know, like I was all the stuff I had to do in conviction with Maxine. It was just like, yeah, you know, and, and I that can, was a really heavy character. I mean that you guys were, you, you were tackling some very timely right stuff on that episode. Yeah. That was a great role. I thought, yeah, yeah it was a good role. Yeah. It was really Maxine was a really fun, interesting. And I, and it was the one part that I've had that, she had so many dimensions. Like she wasn't yeah. just there to serve the lead. She herself had, you know, family and a point of view and, you know, problems. And it just, they were really great about, you know, giving mm -hmm. her so much. It was very nice to play something so well-rounded. So you did Black Like Who and that led to some good opportunities for you, right? You got Well, your... I started, I took seven minutes of that and did stand up. Uh, so then I oh, that's like, scary because I'd already done it as a one woman show it looked like I really knew what I was doing as a stand-up but I really didn't but like uh -huh. I got into the Montreal Comedy Festival and and did new faces and did a little thing for premium blend on uh, Comedy Central and but if anybody heckled me or tried to take me out of the you know uh, it 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 didn't go well like, right because I, I was like oh, I, I don't know how to change this and also right. I'm talking about this whole um black point of view of like being you know, this was like the time of like, like my favorite comics were like Janine Garofalo and Patton Oswalt and all those comics at the time who were very self-deprecating. Right, right. And, you know, like you look at uh, Kevin Hart now and he can be kind of, he's funny self-deprecating about himself, but he's also sort of like proud about being short. And yeah, you know? yeah. And most, like I, I, I found that black comics are not self-deprecating. You know, Interesting. They're making fun of all these other things outside, right? And talking about us as a as a as a group, right? Um, but not, you know, this sort of sort of you know self deprecating thing that Janine Garofalo does, right? And right. that's kind of what I was doing. So when if I ever did like a black night, you know, like where they had like a you know like black audiences were like, what are you talking about? Like I don't, what are you talking Interesting. about? It did. It never went well. It never went well. Oh, that's fascinating. That that's actually really, really fascinating. Because any comedy I've done, it's always been, I self deprecating. Just I because my right. height, you know. Because it's like, okay, you guys are saying, my God, how? I mean, I mean, it happens every day. And you know, I'm in the grocery store, um, whatever. It's like they look at me in the face. They go straight to my feet just to see if I'm wearing heels, and then they do a double take back to my face. Oh, she's not wearing heels. How tall are you? I didn't, I'm six feet. But I'm six. But I suppose that I'm tall enough that it doesn't. I don't notice yeah, it. Maybe, maybe. But some <laughs> people, they just. Every day, somebody's like, "Oh my god," you know, and um, right. so when I make fun of that, because I was, you know, so good at, like, you know, as far as theater goes, contemporary realism, all this kind of stuff, and I always get these callbacks and everything. But as soon as they started matching up people, God forbid that a girl is taller than a guy, kind of thing. And that's when I learned to do. I was like, "Well, I need to learn how to do kind of like what you were saying. I need to learn how to do character roles. You know, I can do that." And as soon as I started doing character roles, I started getting cast more you know right. um who's my my favorite um gina torres mm. um said she's i think she's 510 or 511 she's like you know she's like you know i'm always the the mean person or i'm always the best friend or i'm always this this i'm i'm always too tall to be uh, the main character but joss whedon gave me a gun and put me on a spaceship and i conquered the world 
you know, and that's, you know, it's like, oh, that's such a great quote. That That's exactly what science fiction and fantasy is about to me is like opportunities for everybody. J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've got questions for you about that. But first, I wanted to comment on two years ago at DragonCon. <laughs> um, so at DragonCon, I do a storytelling show called Five Truths and Lie, and Marin came and told a story. And I re-listened to it this mm-hmm. week. And it's very good, you know, because... The easy thing to do in storytelling shows is just bring a funny story, you know, which you did. You were very funny. But every once in a while, we have a guest that, um, and all the stories are good, but every once in a while, we have a guest that has a little heart in it, has something very personal and vulnerable in it. And you had that. And it was about meeting your husband. And it was just absolutely lovely. But in the beginning, you said three, th- you said, there's three things you need to know about me. I cuss a lot, which, you know, made me love you right away. <laughs> Second thing that made me love you is that you said, I love Duran Duran. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I love Duran Duran when I was oh. that age. Um, and then you the, the the theme was to boldly go jumping in with both feet. And you said something interesting about, you know, my personal life. I like to watch TV. I just like to hang out and watch TV, you know, which makes sense with what you said your nerd origin story is. It's all coming together. But you're braver in your professional life. You said, you know, J.J. Abrams said, hey, can you fight? And you went to learn how to fight. And you said someone said you're going to go play an octopus in Vancouver. And that's exactly what you what you did. So which is a. I love that approach. So back to Alias um, and meeting J.J. Abrams, um, was that just an audition you were sent on that you got the part? Or was there some kind of path for the you? The original? Like the for, like the Good Francie? Yeah, Good Francie. Before the pilot. Yeah, the pilot. it was just a pilot. It was just a pilot audition. And J.J. just came in and was just like, blah, 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 blah. He had so much to say about this character and just was really effusive and lovely. And then we worked on it and like, you know, just whatever. And I left with a great feeling. It just felt really, really great. And then I got asked to test. And it was uh, me and Susie Nakamura, uh-huh. Dr. Ken. Yes. And, uh, you know, and I just, you know, it was just literally like, we're, and we're both like, they either want uh, this or that. You yeah, know, like, exactly. It was like, it just, we could not be more different. Right, you know? right. And it worked out. And, you know, um, it was a little struggle for me in the beginning just because it's, you know, like you needed Francie and Will to make Sydney's like to see that there's something she's giving up. Yes. You know? And to see that, that she's coming from normalcy before she gets thrown into right. this life. There's something that she and... uh, regrets. Yeah. There's some is- yeah. issues that she is, you know, some, you know, because the boyfriend was, you know, the fiance got killed and, uh, uh-huh. But it's dull to play, you know. It was really yeah. dull, and then, um, and then you know, Bradley got to do all the other exciting. He got to get in, yeah. And, and so you're like a little jealous that they're enjoying all this stuff. Well, and it then, just was frustrating. It just yeah. was sort of like, okay, you know, who cares? Francie's opening a restaurant. Like yeah. it's just, you know, it was interesting in the beginning because you needed that, but now like I'm just working one day a week and it's getting, you know, just there's yeah. all this excitement and I am not not part of any of it. Because the show is starting to become totally a, a juggernaut huge and we're hit, Golden and, Globe nominations, right? And People's Choice, and it's just like, so you know, you never brought that to JJ or anything. He just said, "Hey, do you know how to fight?" He came up to me at the end of at the uh, upfronts at the end of season one, right? So we're there in season two, and now it's like a big deal. Everyone's like, "Oh my yeah. god, Alias!" And he's like, "Do you know how to fight?" And I said, "No." And he said, "Learn." Oh, that's so cool. So you knew that something good. Was I got my FT six yeah. assignment right there. Yeah, and I asked Jen, and she said, "Go to this guy Benny the Jet. He's the best." And I did, and 
I oh, started, so you went to her hardcore trainer. Well, she she's like, I started with him and ended up with this other guy, but I wish I stuck with him. Right. And uh, I mean, she had other trainers and other things. Happening yeah. Well, at that point, but um, just for the like actually learning how to fight. And I started right away as soon as I got home and I trained. So I guess that was like June. I, I, it wasn't until November that I remember I was like at the post office and I got a call and there was like, JJ Abrams on the phone for you. And I sat in the rain in this parking lot of the mailbox of a post office while JJ told me how the whole thing was going to break and what was happening oh, and wow. how the story was How exciting. Was like, oh, you know, and I'd been working on accents because I didn't know if she's going to need an accent and what's going on and what's happening, you know. And uh, yeah, and it was going to be the Super Bowl episode. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's amazing. Bad how exciting for you as an actor to be able to play someone I mean, so duplicitous, and, and there's so much meat in uh, Allison. Yeah. You know, that must have been super, super fun. It was so much fun. And I also was like, cool to have a secret. Like, I, I only, the only people who knew at the time were my boyfriend, just because I was like, I can't just keep disappearing to go to these workouts right. and not have him know where I am. He'll be like, right. what's happening? Oh, so even like other cast members and stuff, nobody really knew? No, I or... think, I mean, yeah, the cast knew something, was, but then, yeah. Know, okay. But you couldn't let the fans know or, or, or any, anybody. Or, yeah, or like I just didn't tell anybody, you know, because it's just way more fun to, you know, you know, this is before like everyone's signing non-disclosures and you're getting like scripts on red paper and whatever. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, I didn't tell anybody. Uh, I told my sister and I told my boyfriend. And then it was awesome because we all got to go to the Super Bowl and. And, uh, you know, my phone just started blowing up. It was just like, oh, my God, because everyone was like, <gasps> You know, oh this is God. before Twitter and yeah. Facebook and all that stuff. So yeah. it just was really cool to like have everyone be like, "I cannot believe you just killed yourself." That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. That was a that was such a a, a great show. Um, how did did how did you land the? Were you offered the role of Ursula for Once Upon a Time? They just because called, of like, because all of the alias stuff, right? They're like we're huge fans and we work with JJ and do you want to? Like, yeah, oh, of course. It, are you kidding? And so was it that quick, or were you just like, "Oh wait, this is." No, I was, I, I mean, like, at the time, that was many years later, and uh, I'd had my kids, and I was just, like, you know, had, uh, I wasn't on anything significant, you know, I think I'd done a pilot, and it didn't go, you know, there just was, like, a, you know, a window of opportunity, you know, for right. this to happen, uh-huh. and. And you're coming into a show that already has a big fan base, you were. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and you, you know, as an iconic Disney character, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was just like, "Wow, what? Sure." And then I had a big conversation with them about what they were thinking, and it was going to be this trio of Queens of Darkness, and it just sounded really cool. I mean, come on, Queens of Darkness. I know. I mean, it 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 was bigger than us. Like it was more than like it was just like, wait, what? You know, because they're offering you this thing, and you're like, I don't understand what. And then you you know, it all happened very quickly. And then I had to like organize, okay, oh my God, I'm going to Vancouver. And once again, can't tell anybody, I really right. can't tell anybody, right. you know, other than my family. Right. And, you know, but suddenly I have blonde hair, you know, like just like, <laughs> and, and then when I was, you know, it, what, it broke because there's always those fans who go to the place where we shoot like Steveston. Right. And they're like, something's happening. And this yes. is, and there's Cruella de Vil, because, yeah. you know, Vic, you know, Vicky always had that hair and, yeah. um, you know, and so that's how it the story broke. And, and oh wow, that's fun. Now I have a couple questions about Once Upon a Time. First of all, the the Queens of Darkness thing. You know, working with Kristen Bauer and Victoria Smurfett, who has the best name ever. Yes. Um, uh, 
Had you guys ever met before you had worked together? Christian and I were in uh, acting school together. Oh, really? So yeah. you guys, because you guys had such a great chemistry on screen. And That's then so um, you're, you said Vicky, so Victoria goes by Vicky. Uh, yeah, came to see. Came to see you do your story at Dragon Con. And so I was like, oh, gosh, that's well, so Well, she and supportive. I really, also because of the mom thing and both uh-huh. of us being up in Vancouver. Right. And being away. Like, she and I really clicked. Like, yeah. we really, you know, had a lot going on. And we still, like, to this day. I just was texting her earlier this morning. Yeah. Like, did, did you guys, the three of you ever uh, on set go, God, look at us. We're so badass we, right now. Well, <laughs> we wouldn't do that. We would, There was a lot of, like... Chris is hysterical. Like she really, for as much as she's like this gorgeous, you know, regal, beautiful person, she's hysterical. She well, had, she was, I mean, she was one of my favorite characters on True Blood. 100%. She, she, it, it's because of her, her timing. Totally. totally. She's amazing. But she, and she would Pam for me at the drop of the hat if I would just be like, <laughs> well, how would Pam do it? And then she'd put her hand on the hip and she'd be like, let me just, you know, she'd be like, yeah. I'm a Republican. Like she would just do something <laughs> and it would just kill me. But she had that staff with the dragon on it. And every once in a while, she would just like have it talk to her in her ear. And she'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. She'd be like, I don't know what time lunch is. She'd just do these bits and it was hysterical. And Vicky's just, she's a ridiculous human being. She's mm-hmm. a ridiculous human being. And we, we just had fun. And I remember there was a moment we were like outside this tent. We were on like a, like a journey with the, the Charmings. And uh, we were all like, yeah. You know, even well, when you're slogging around in the with mud. With your tentacles. and the, Well, you know, okay, so you're saying there's a scene where you're out on a bridge doing something. Um, another new experience for you, aside from being in this fantasy show, was, I mean, isn't most of the work blue screen or green screened? Well, it was blue screen because it's yeah. a green outfit or I would have just been Oh, that's head. true. You yeah. just been a flo- Yeah, yeah. So um, as well, an actor, you, did you love that or was that kind of like, oh, man. As but, I told the kindergarten class this morning, <laughs> um, as I was showing some clips from Once Upon a Time. Uh, you know, the cool part about that job is that it was the most pretend you ever get to do. Right. Because as much as, you know, Maxine is a cool cop and like, I'm not a detective, like as much as I think I am, you know, like, yeah, you know, you are still, you know, like, yes, there was elements of like, you know, she was a drug addict and she was a detective but you're not like going dragon, you know, and like they turn a fan on in your hair. They got a fan on your hair and you're like, you know, and you're, you, and you have the lines taped off on the floor and then they're like the turnabog and you have to like pretend to see it. It's a whole, you know, it, not since uh-huh. college when you're wearing sandbag boobs and playing like a grandma, you know, <laughs> where you're really pretending. Right. You really have. I mean, there was a scene when I'm in that cabin and it's me and Ginny and J- J-Mo and Colin and uh, Josh. And I've got my tentacles on Ginny Goodwin. And she's like, oh, you know, choke. And she, by the way, she is such a professional when it comes to like, you know, like she just, she's so willing to just like do anything. Ready, That's awesome. Ready, ready, ready. And, you know, J- Jennifer Morrison's got her hands up because she's got what lightning fingers. Yeah. Here. I mean, and we all were just, you know, and then. Ernie Hudson's about to walk in as Poseidon. He was your dad. Or, that's right. Yeah. Outfit. And it's just, we all just kind of went, that feels embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the crew's just watching us just be crazy right well, now. Well, they don't even, the crew doesn't care. They're all on their phones. They don't even care. Like, because they're so, I mean, the season four, they don't care. And, you know, it just, it's like that moment where she's choking on the tentacles and I'm whipping the tentacles with my hips and J-Mo's got the lightning fingers and we're like, this is, and they call cut and you're like, 
This is a little good. So Awkward. did you, um, was it fun to then see that scene after oh my all God, the special completely. effects? Although my husband and my sister for months would all of a sudden just start going, Ah, <laughs> and like would not let me live it down. Like, they I love it. I love it. Down. So you know, both Once Upon a Time and Alias are shows that had large casts and, and deep mythologies, which of course led to um, being cult shows, mm. having having big um, uh, uh, fan bases and everything. Do you, did you do a lot of conventions for Once Upon a Time, or do you do a lot of fan? I conventions? did like a handful. Like yeah. I think I did that that year. It was hot, and we did like seven, mm-hmm. and then that was that's it. Yeah. Well, I found so interesting this past year when all this casting news last year started coming out for Conviction. Mm-hmm. It was it was like one. It's like Nathan Fillion and Ca- Castle. So many Firefly fans watched Castle. I mean, it ended yeah. up being a great show anyway, and staying on the air for 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 a while, but. You know, these Nathan Fillion fans are just like rabid and they're going to watch them. And then I'm watching, it's like Haley Atwell from Agent Carter. You've got you from Once Upon a Time and Alias. You have Sean Ashmore from, from X-Men. X-Men. And you yeah. have Emily Kinney from Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. Did you guys ever look at each other that you're all in that world? Because to me, that's how I looked at it. I was like, oh my gosh, that is so cool that all these really cool actors are on this show that doesn't have anything to do with genre. Right. Uh, no, I mean, there was one point during the pilot we, our trailers were parked right across the street from the Toronto Comic-Con. And I was like, you know, you're going to have to change the names on our doors. Yeah. Because it's going to yeah. be a scene if in they about find five out. minutes. So yeah. It was literally Haley Well, it was all our names. Yeah. So they changed everybody's to their show That's name smart. or whatever. But it was just yeah. like, you know, it still was a problem. Like, you know, you still have people waiting outside and, you know, like. Um, wow. Uh, if, when they could find us there, everyone's well be that thing you know uh-huh. um but no i mean you know whatever it's not like we all go <laughs> we're all such genre hero you know like or what yeah, you know like yeah it's just sort of like oh how lucky that we all share that in common mm-hmm. how fun is that well, and- i think you got a lot of um i mean a, a lot of your fans from all those different worlds sure. i mean we uh conviction isn't necessarily show that geek girl authority would right. recap, you know, but all my contributors, everyone's like, I want to do it. I want to do it. And my, uh, one of my contributors, Kimberly Pierce ended up recapping and the recaps did really, really well. I mean, that's awesome. It, once, Not as well as the show. I know. I wish the show <laughs> had, had, had done better, but, but the thing is, it's like, you know, you, um, really do get fans for life when, you know, cause Which people awesome. get lost in genre shows. You can get lost in once upon a time. You can get lost in these shows, these stories. I mean, Science fiction, and at least to me, I don't know. I can't speak for everyone. It's it's about escapism. I mean, I love television. I love getting lost in storytelling and stuff like that. And so when I see an actor that I loved in, say, um, Star Trek Next Generation, you mm-hmm. follow him or her, you know. And so I think a lot of people were doing that with a, a conviction as well. And speaking of fans, I did have a couple fans send me some questions for you. Wow. Yeah. I'm super flattered. Okay. So one, Noetta. Um, she does once upon the time, once upon a time recaps. Uh, she just sent me two, two questions. Uh, she just wants to know, will we see Ursula again on once upon a time or, and if not, would you like to see Ursula again on once upon a time? Well, I'm, uh, I would love to go back just because it was such a fun adventure and it's always great to play, you know, um, with all that, that whole gang, everybody's so lovely. I don't know that that will happen. Just because right. Ursula got her happy ending. It was really, really. So why up. mess with the? Yeah, I mean, I, I really ending? feel like it, I felt. I feel a little. 
I feel a little cheated by that show the same way that I feel like with Alias. I feel like there was more story. Mm-hmm. I feel like there just could have been a little bit more. I agree with you. you I know. think when when um, Ursula got her happy ending and, and got her voice back, it was abrupt. Yeah, it was really like wait. It was really? like wait. Yeah, like, that's what I thought when I when when I saw that as 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 well. Yeah, you know? I was like, wait, what? Like, I mean, she was just, one of the queens of darkness. She was one of this trio. Well, I just yeah. felt like we could have, we really could have wrought more havoc. Yeah, in that town. Yeah, and we didn't. Yeah, and I know the show isn't called the Queens of Darkness, <laughs> but you did make a big deal about bringing us there. You know, and it, I felt like it got kind of. Uh, underserviced in a way, in, right. in my opinion. I mean, right. you know, um, I know that the whole thing was setting up the Dark Swan and all that yeah, stuff. But I still yeah. thought we could have done more with that, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and I felt the same way about Alias that when, you know, Sydney woke up, wouldn't it have been great if now she's partnered with New Francie? Is it New Francie? Is it still like, yeah. you know, like they're, they're, everything was new and Will and I were gone and it was just sort of like, oh, yeah. wait, wait, what? You yeah. know? Um, I just feel like there was still more there, to be said. I can see that. Yeah, I can I can totally see that. Uh, she wants to know what your character in Chips is like. On Chips is like. Oh my god. Um, Joy Jackson. Uh, Joy Jackson. Uh, her husband gets killed in the line of duty, mm-hmm. sort of in the beginning of the thing, and they have to find out what the what the deal is and what what happened there. Right. So she's a plot device. She's a plot. De- Joy Jackson, the plot device. Joy Jackson, very important <laughs> plot device. Um, Kimberly Pierce, super fun. Great another uh, contributor of mine. Uh, she did all the conviction re- recaps I was talking about, and she also did a um, a con man because re- you did one episode of Con Man. Oh my god, season two, which so was fun. another so much fun. My my husband, you know, I keep saying my husband. I just say Brian because um, you know him. Every time uh, we see people that he's worked with or something, we we scream their name. Like I said, like big little lies. I was like, man, Jim. And um, on Con Man, we went to, um, it was the rollout for Comic-Con HQ. So it's like this really big to do where they're showing a full episode and they're going to have a panel like Nathan Fillion and all the, 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 the main actors in the show. And um, we were in the audience and you came in and we were both like, Marin, oops. <laughs> it we can't like, do that here. We, we can't scream. We can't scream. So that was really lovely to see you there. So um, she did the recast for that. Um, she said, with such a diverse resume, does your process change at all between heavier drama like Conviction and to something like Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Um, yeah, because there's... Um, yes. Yes. There's just different ways of, of doing the... For me... Um, it's not that there's either one is any less, um, better or worse or more important or not, you know, um, it's just a different style of doing it. And, 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 and less, less, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to say this, um, staying, staying in in your character and doing, you know, how I handle myself in terms of that drama, at least with Maxine, there was so much going on running all the time because and even when you're in the big group scenes there's just a whole other deal happening mm-hmm. um and it's also just the process of like how you actually um it's it's closer work right so you have right. to be more aware of your face and um and remembering what you're you know repeating your movements and repeating mm-hmm. your actions and um and it's also like with that there's just so much information to be had and right and it's emotional and you're handling emotional things so there, there is 
there are different things running, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and for me, for comedy, um, the character is, is still, you know, all the character work is still the same, but the performance is different. And particularly with like the thing that I'm about to go do, which is multicam, which is multi, which is different because Malcolm in the middle was single cam. Malcolm is single. Brooklyn nine, nine is single, but Uh also with, with, the thing with comedy is it's in how you say it. Right. And there can be a joke in every line. And I think that like what, what marries the two and what makes it work, um, you know, in this new show, Brothered Up, I'm a mom. So there's the, you know, like there's a scene that I had like when I was auditioning for it, it's where it's, it's, it's still emotional because it's, you're, you're talking about your kid, but then you're also selling her this other, like, I'm trying to talk her out of something and, right. and 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 be funny about it. And there's a way to swing it. There's mm-hmm. a way to swing those words around. And so I have that emotionality and there's a way, like you have to love her. You have to, you have to love her because she loves her kid. You have to like, yeah. you love her because she's this, she's a real person mm-hmm. and she's got a real point of view about what's happening here, but she's trying to like, but there's also a funny way to say it. Yeah. So I'm not concerned with the funny way to say it when I'm doing conviction like that. Right, right, that right. Enter it. At all. That's a really good. Um, and then in, in comedy, I'm also not yeah. concerned about my face. Right. Like the more I'm doing with my face is actually yeah. the better. Like when you have to be very. I remember when I was doing Alias and King of Queens at the same time. And at King of Queens, they're like, can, can you bring it up? And on Alias, they're like, can you turn, it, turn down? it down? Yeah. Because there was too much happening. Right. Right. And I think, you know, I, 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 I that was really interesting because there is such a difference be- between the two. And, um, from what you said earlier about comedy and everything, is there a preference for you? Do you feel more at home doing comedy or do you just love it all? Look, you know, I think what's great is that I've had so many different opportunities. Like right now I am dying. I was desperate for comedy. I would be storm, stomping around Toronto going, I just want comedy in Studio City. God, I just want a comedy <laughs> in Studio City. You know, because, um, and I couldn't be more grateful that like this is, the best, the most diverse kind of comedy f- away from being, because it's not a single camera. It is, you know, like doing a play every week yeah. and you get to like really, again, like the imagine it, you get to really play, you get to really swing it. You, there's no close-ups. Everything is waste. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. There's none of, there's none of that repeating unless you're going to do the whole scene. There's none of that. Um, It's on, on, only on tape night. Like I just am thrilled with, and I'm hungry for it again, you know? Um, but it, it's a totally different thing. It's a totally different audience. It doesn't necessarily, right. like, it's, a, you know, there will be a whole group of people who will go, where have you been? You know? <laughs> and then there will be a ton of people in, like, in the middle of the country will be like, oh my God, like, we, you know, because it's, if the show's a hit, you know, because it plays to different things. I think that this season of television, people are going to be desperate for comedy. comedy I think you're right. It's just such a dark, like, yeah. there's a couple shows there's one, I don't even want to name it, but I just was like, who wants to do that? Everything mm. is horrible yeah. politics right yeah. now. Like, nobody yeah. want like, oh my God, I don't, I don't want to be in that or be around that or feel that. I want to, you know, I either want to escape. I think you know, you're, you're like onto me something there for some sure. deep time with yeah. the Stranger Things kids. And yeah. I just like, can't wait for that to come back. Like, mm-hmm. that's the last show that I really like disappeared into, yeah. you know, yeah. and have watched it several times. Because it's oh, just, okay. I like to go away with them. That was a great discovery show. I didn't even hear that that one was coming. Someone just happened to mention to me. Oh, and we, my you God. Know, we heard. watched it. 
I didn't know it was coming, but when I when it came, it was like the wave of like yeah. everybody on Twitter going, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And then I was yeah. like, "Okay, I'll give and this then a I was try." Like, that was me in like at Toronto. I was just like, "Oh my god!" Um, but yeah, I'm hungry to do. I'm hungry to make people laugh because I feel like we all need it. because we need it. I think you're absolutely right. Um, Kimberly also asked, "Has there ever been anyone who you've worked with where you found yourself star truck star starstruck on the inside?" Of course, she said, "Or on the outside." Um, Either way. You know, um, yeah, of course, you know, like, I mean, it's, but like more than anything, um, God, I'm trying to, I mean, like I've, like I had some auditions this year, like I did a screen test with Tony Collette and then I had to do like improv with Tracy Morgan in front (laughs) of Jordan Peele, like, you know, the nerves, you got to pull that to, you know, you know, but you know what, like it was, it was, I just was like. The dive into mm-hmm. who this bitch is because yeah. she is a motherfucker and uh-huh. i just had to like get up yeah and go in that room and be ferocious uh-huh. and be ready and they ate it up and you know what i'm saying just yeah. because you gotta you gotta bring your a game you cannot get time. you know with yeah. that like so I- i'm starstruck and nervous all the time <laughs> like all like going i can't believe you know i mean the day that i had to go meet pierce brosnan when i was doing this movie with him and and he couldn't have been more lovely and such a mention. I had to like bitch him out in a scene. I was just like, what is happening? What is happening? <laughs> you know, so, you know, there's always, you know, Nicole Kidman, like, you know, like, you, oh, know, that's like, right. yeah. you know, that whole gang, but they were lovely. You yeah. know, like, I think honestly, you know, the people who are that you adore, you know, they really are worthy of your adoration. The Nicole Kidman's, the Reese Witherspoon's, the Laura Dern, the Alexander Sarsgaard, you know, um, Tony Collette. I mean, like all these, even you know, Tracy Moore, they were like fantastic people. Yeah. Lovely, funny, mm-hmm. gracious, helpful in the, in the work, mm-hmm. willing to, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, working with you and wanting to, you know, um, they just want it all to be good. It's the right. people who are sort of, you know, there's a, there's a level of like you kind of made it, and you know, like there's some other people who who are just like dicks. They're just yeah, they they're bitter and they're you know, and so those people are really like you know all the, these there's just you know more the the real big luminaries are gracious and yeah. lovely. JJ the JJ Abrams of the world, the yeah. Ron Howard. I did a movie yeah. with him years ago, you know. Rob, Rob Reiner was in that. We would hang out and like talk. Like, should we get that other donor? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? We just have a, like fun and make it funny yeah. and make it great. Ellen yeah. DeGeneres, you know, like they're great, fun people and they're good at their jobs and they're lovely and gracious. Mm-hmm. And that's what you should be because you're so lucky to have this opportunity. And when you do have a bad day, you know, um, I remember there was something like, like Reese had to r- run off on Something happened. Something mm-hmm. that bad happened, mm-hmm. and she had to leave. Mm-hmm. And she sent a like ice cream trucks to the set. Oh wow! You know what I'm saying? Like stuff like you know, like gr- like because it's it's you know this is we're all doing it. We're all lucky to be here. We're all working hard. Well, we're all in this together. We're I mean, all in this together in every aspect of life. And it's really nice to see. That. You know, and I I, mm-hmm. I mean I've I've been very 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 lucky. But yes, I am nervous and starstruck constantly but i also have to remember that 
I am there for a reason and I have a job to do and to just be, do go do that job and be great because then people appreciate you. If yeah. you are ready and good and nice, it's all yay. You know, yeah. then like when we're waiting around, we're sitting around having a glass of rosé mm-hmm. at Big Sur waiting for them to roll camera. Like, you know, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't suck, you know. Yep. And people, people remember when you're not nice. It's, and the thing, thing is the most... The simplest thing to do, the simplest choice to make is to be nice. Well, and be present you know, and be, get you off know. your phone. Yeah. Get off your internet, you know, and be ready mm-hmm. and say hi and talk to, I mean, like I'm always buddies with the crew because they're always like cool. There's always cool people to talk to there and they mm-hmm. got some stuff to say. And, you know, we're like, I mean, I was stuck up in Carmel, like I know stuck. I put that in <laughs> parentheticals. I kept tweeting like jokes of like. This is a nightmare and it'd be like a gorgeous like beach. Right. You know? Right. Um, like the struggle is real. But like, <laughs> but I was away from my family and it's just sort of like, you know, waiting because there's a couple of days where the weather wasn't right. And you're just kind of waiting. And it's like, I guess I'll go into Carmel and, you know, look in the seashell shops again, you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, I had the best time up there because the crew was so cool and we were like hanging out and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, going to the, having some drinks. And, you know, it just was, you know, everybody is it's a camp it can be like camp i like that i like that um i will just ask one more question from from kimberly she wants to know if uh is there anything on your acting bucket list that you've always wanted to do but haven't had the opportunity superhero 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 i don't care look black magic it's my new superhero is nice. there black magic is there is there there's comic gotta be there's gotta be right yeah if there's not I'll there look should it up be. right now i'm I'm not the common expert. On I know I, I comic books I, that I miss that world, but um, I I would love to be a superhero or a supervillain. I will take either mm-hmm. one. Um, but yeah, I would love to do that in a movie and just be a badass. It'd be right. incredible. I can, you know, I have badass on my resume. It's a uh, it's under special skills, and um, yeah, that would be super fun. There is a black magic comic book, but it's more about black magic, not. Mm. It's a, like the character. Like it's, should, it's like the, the, um, right. That's yeah. actual. It's not the character. It's, it's, but there should be a character. There should be. And it should be Marin Dungy. It should be Marin Dungy. Yeah. Although I'm sure that they'll get, they'll be like, no, you're, you, you're great, but who is Ayesha Tyler available? She, <laughs> available? Oh uh, God. I love her so much. I know she's, she's tall. Great. She's awesome. She's, and she's tall. Yeah. I was uh, standing next to her at a con. I know somebody from Archer that I was talking to and I just kept, and I was doing the thing that I hate people doing to me i just i just like went a little close to her i wasn't trying to be stalkerish because i just wanted to see if we were the same height <laughs> and we were and it made me so That's happy right. no just, she's lovely yeah i played her sister in like a um pilot presentation once she's yeah like, and she's got a great podcast out there too she's, oh my god she totally does yeah she's amazing so we talked about big little lies um mm-hmm. let's uh before we wrap things up can you tell me a little bit about brothered up What's the show about and wow. what are you playing? I'm super psyched about Brothered Up um, because it's, my husband was asking me when I was reading, he's like, well, is it good? Is it bad? Like, yeah. I go, it's important. Ah. And not important in a preachy blah, blah, blah yeah. kind of way, but it's prescient. It's not prescient, it's the wrong word. It's, um, it's, it's, it, we need this. It's yeah. about um, literally, I mean, it's basic, like uh, it's a Pakistani cop and a black cop partner up. They brother mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. and the Pakistani cop is, you know, uh, new and excited and, like, ready to get, and they want him out on the streets because in Dearborn, Michigan, there's a huge Persian culture there. There's, uh-huh. you know, and uh, and my husband is played by Romani Malka, who oh, can he's be great. funnier, he's great. Like, yeah. amazing. He's like, yeah. he could not be funnier. 
and he's reluctant and mm-hmm. you know he's sort of like the you know over it so you know nice little setup of conflict but you've got it's a cbs comedy with black pakistani and black family that's yeah. it and plus you're also dealing with with police and you're dealing with the cops and how that yeah. goes down and yeah and um it's just it has a, a very norman lear feel oh, to nice. it like all in the family kind uh-huh. of those old school uh it's sweet it's funny very funny and it's now it's and like like applause 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 cbs for doing this uh-huh. because it's we're all regular people and just like thank you for letting us be seen mm-hmm. and our lives and getting coming together and you get a nice little slice of their family you get a nice it's like literally like two little slices of the everybody loves raymond kind of family lifestyle right. from both sides with multi-generations living together and just you know like living their lives and trying to make it work nice when do you start shooting we have table reads next week and we start the following week that little lovely schedule of rehearsal 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 and then tape night and i can't wait i'm so excited so um it is a multi-cam with the honorable sir jimmy burroughs he should be a sir don't you think he should be knighted he should be knighted there has to be be a way 237 episodes of cheers 237 cheers is like Oh, Cheers, one of the best shows but, on television. But yeah, that's... But friends, yeah. Will and Grace. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've I've luck studied at this man's knee for, you know... I'm so excited I, for I you. I can't. I, I burst into tears when I got it just because I was so happy. And it's in town. <laughs> and it's in town. town. I remember seeing your... Uh, I forget if you put it on Twitter or something about that it's actually it's the here. unicorn it's the unicorn it's- <laughs> i mean my, my my boss from the from from conviction she's like i'm so happy for you she's like if you tell me it's at radford like you've won i'm like it's at radford it's at cbs radford <laughs> i can't i literally i love it it's glorious i love it but like, and for know, those folks um out there that, uh, that my listeners that don't know how pilot works what so you're gonna you film the pilot right and then around may or june may, may 15th may 15th you'll find out if it's going to be Right. So the good news series. is because it's a multicam, we shoot it at the end. We're shooting on the 17th. So we have yeah. a, literally a month to wait. Yeah. So you don't. Oh, gosh, it is good. I know. Because with yeah. those like one, those single camera dramas, like they're all up and running right now. And, uh-huh. you know, then they got to get got, it together and wait. They got to yeah. wait like a month and a half. And right. Like, right. Dee, 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 dee. Well, that's great. I'm really excited for you. I, Thank I, you. I, that's awesome. Do you think uh, your daughters will want to act? God, I hope not. They haven't said anything to you about it or... Um, and I only say God, I hope not, just because it's such a such a a difficult yeah journey yeah. And not to discourage anybody out there. Like, look, if you've got to do this, you got to do it. But it's just like it's it is the endless thing of remembering it is not about you. There are yeah. so many, so many factors, so many factors. Yeah. And um, my youngest is very funny, like naturally funny. I remember mm-hmm. when she was like three. Or four, we were going to Disneyland, and she's like, in the, like sleeping in the car, and she has a pacifier in her mouth, and he's like, "Sweetie, we're here, we're here," and she like sits up and then goes and spits out the pacifier. Like <laughs> you can't teach it. She did a spit take. Like you can't teach that. You know, she's naturally a maniac. Um, my oldest daughter did a play this year, um, and and liked it. You know, but uh-huh. I, you know, she, I'm like, you go be the doctor. Like yes. you're very empathetic and lovely, uh-huh. and this is. There are so many other things you can Were do. Were you surprised that, um, or did you see growing up with your sister, like she ended up, like you are in front of the camera. She's, um, making, totally. you know, she's got a whole different kind of job for me. Was that your relationship growing up? Was that where her mind was already? 
she's just really smart, like super <laughs> cook. Like she literally got into Harvard, Yale, Stanford, Berkeley, like all, all right. of them. And then like went to UCLA because I think she got like the biggest ride there. You know, yeah, like, yeah, she's crazy smart, skipped grades and stuff. Um, well, I just find it so fascinating that you both are in the same industry, but in completely different areas. Right. And it's not like you can't be super, super smart and be an actor. Yeah. But um she just doesn't she's her personality isn't that like when we yeah. we both played piano we both did ballet and like but her piano like she was really good at the theory and i was that great makes at sense the performance to me. yeah and i you know i've just always been like the show cat you know yeah. and she you know and i would do plays i did plays like you know in junior high and high school and whatever or like i don't think i did in high school but junior high and elementary and elementary school and she just that wasn't her jam right you know? right she reads a lot uh-huh. and always did. I mean, I remember we went to the grocery store when we were kids. Like she's like ten, and she read a three hundred and forty-six page book in like an hour and a half. <laughs> so you guys were just different beasts. We're just different beasts who love television. Who love television and ended up in television. Right, right. I right. love that. It's such a great story about you and your sister. It's kind of rad. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. rad. Um, just because she's and she's really exactly where she should be because she is. You know, the, the fact that she helped develop like all the Shonda Rhimes shows with mm-hmm. her, you know, mm-hmm. like get that whole like, mm-hmm. you know, push that platform and Well, so you do know. you think um so she's you know, she's responsible for 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 changing the face of television for people of color. Do you think that she's in has it changed in the last 10-15 years? Well, it would certainly change in the last right. 15 years. I don't know that like you know, you can't put that entire responsibility upon her. Oh, I'm shoulders, just saying, but like, like Shonda Rhimes' company and everything did a well, lot. Well, yeah, I just remember yeah. like Ch- that was Channing's baby. Like Grey's Anatomy was her baby when she was still at the studio. Uh-huh. I remember when she was like, "Do you want to come see this like screening of the show?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> like whatever." Yeah. And it then it became this thing, and then like that spawned all the many other you know Shonda Rhimes shows, and um, you know, and she's. But I wouldn't say that. I would say that every network has. And, you know, they have really done a great job at developing and broadening our horizons mm-hmm. in terms and like this is the next step. Like that's why I'm super proud of being a part of Brothered Up because it's for CBS that, you know, uh, uh, is really great with comedy. And they, this is a, an opportunity for them to have a great multi-ethnic comedy, hopefully on their yeah. you know lineup. And, yeah. um, you know, it's 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 nice to. uh it's nice to be on, you know, be a part of that. You know, yeah. have gone from being the black best friend, then the black best friend becomes the killer, you know, like, and yeah. that, you know, and yeah. then, you know, and, to, and I've just had like a lot of different dimensions. I've been able to sort of ride this wave as uh-huh. it's, as it's changed. And, yeah. Know, a black woman, Ursula, you know, yeah. it's just, it's pretty cool. There's been a lot of awesome um, creators who have helped, I'm glad you're a part of it. You're a very talented woman. It's really fun to see you on screen. Um, where can we find you on social medias? Uh, you can find me uh, at Twitter at Real Marin D. And then I believe I'm Real Marin Dungy on Instagram. And uh, and then I think there's an official Marin Dungy Facebook page, but I don't. That, you don't really keep up with that. I, I there's so many things. There's so, there's I got so, kids. I, I got, got kids. I got to handle the politics. I got to speak to that. There's so many things. I got to make dinner. Like, you know. Okay. I'm leaving Audrey's house and I'm going to go make dinner. Uh, no. Oh, it's pre-made. Oh, you see That's what I was doing. I have to go. I have to go get my dog from grooming. Oh, my God. Yeah. What? Yeah. I took him. Well, my dog, um, I don't, he is wonderful. I try to 
have them not hear when I'm doing this. If you like it right. for all my listeners for this. And I also do another podcast called Booze and Phasers where we drink cocktails and talk about science fiction. Yeah. What? what? How yeah. am I not on that one? You will be invited to that oh one because God. that is. Well, can we talk? Hilar- just, do we do we consider? I consider Stranger Things science oh, fiction. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Can and we not, not? Can we and, not and, have like Stranger and, Cocktails? Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing it down. Oh my stranger god! Cocktail. Stranger cocktails. We actually just we should have we just did a Stranger Things. One. Okay, but you, all right. So I'm but I'm, still... I'm calling it now. Okay. Either we're gonna do a recap before the next season. All right. I'm like we all do down. a rewatch and have a conversation, or and call it Stranger Cocktails. Stranger Cocktails with Marin Dungey, and <laughs> or you and I don't need to get first billing. It just like that's just how it fell out of my mouth. Or. <laughs> We do it post the first episode oh. and do Stranger Cocktails and have a like an Either way, we're doing this. We'll either way, out. we're totally doing either it. Either way, we're doing Hopefully, this. I'll be working in town and it'll be yeah. so much easier. It will be because I'm, I'm right down the street. I can't say where I live. I'm not going to say that. No. Um, but no, no. My dog it, is somewhere a, in the Los Angeles area. area. <laughs> um, scouts usually here for booze and phasers because he knocks down everything and it's funny and we're drinking right, right, and stuff right, like right, that. Right. Um, but he just jumps on people, and I forgot to ask you if you're a dog person. Cause, totally dog okay, person. well, I mean, then you'll eventually meet him, because if you're not right. a dog person, because he's 50 pounds, he's 50 pounds. What of, kind I, of dog is he? He's a Springer Spaniel, so all oh, he wants to do is jump on you. Of course. You he's know. like, hello. No, that but would be fine. I just shaved him, because he's having so many allergies. As he, oh. It's so dry in Los Angeles right now, and um, my husband's attached to his leg feathers. they got fringe on their legs, and Brian just really loves it, so I was like... Can you keep the leg, but completely shave them? Oh, listen, I just yeah. did it to my cat. Yeah. She's a lion. I did a whole yeah, lion I'm doing, kitty. I'm doing the, the, the total, lion head. Total lion kitty. The groomer and with actually, the boots, it's yeah, like amazing. That's hilarious. But they groomer actually called me and they just, um, well, we don't know how to say this, but basically they were saying, we want you to know how ridiculous he will look after we do this. Should we proceed? 100%. And I said, absolutely. Bullseye. Absolutely. You've got it. You've got it. Nailed it down. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Marin. Oh my God, this was thank fantastic. You. Hey, thanks for kneeling the whole time. I, I appreciate Neil, it. For, really, I, you know what? It took me a minute, and I was a huge <laughs> Superman fan, but I was like, oh, <laughs> look what I got. I was like, that's so clever. You know, I had one person who didn't get it, and which is fine if you don't get it, but um, in Doctor Who, there sure. is an alien race called the Ood, and the whole time they thought it was a play on Neil before the Ood. And I didn't know until after we were done. It's like, no, Superman 2, Neil before Zod. You get it? But anyway, thanks for coming over. And we'll see you next time on Stranger Cocktails. Stranger Cocktails. Supplicants, you may now rise. The merciful odd has chosen to spare you. Please exit the internet to your left.